I used to teach my students that a photographer is 99% BS and 1% talent. Welcome to the Retro Photo Film Podcast, where we break down 50 years of film and digital photography with a true Renaissance man. Grab your favorite darkroom snack. It's time to talk photography with your host, Al Talene. Hi, this is Al, and welcome to my Retro Photo Film Podcast. If you have been into or are into the depths of photography and have studied the masters who are out there, you will recognize the name Ansel Adams. I think from anywhere in the world, but especially in the United States, everyone knows who Ansel Adams is. He is one of the United States' national treasures of photographers. I happen to have met him and spent a about a half hour, I guess, with him interviewing him. <laughs> so it's kind of like a crazy interview. <laughs> uh, it goes like this. My friend Borg Anderson, who was one of Salt Lake City's finest and best photographers, had a studio, and in 1976, I was kind of like one of his students. I started photography in 1970, so it's only been six years and that I'd been in photography. And uh, I did a lot of work for him. I was one of his many protégés who he very kindly and open-heartedly opened up his studio and his life to teach photography. He was an instructor at the University of Utah. But he was always teaching people, and especially the people who, the students who wanted to hang out because he had this classic studio, classic darkroom. It was awesome, and everybody wanted to be there. And I was one of the lucky ones to have been there. In 1976, he opened up a gallery, which uh, he thought would be this great, fun thing because it wasn't a photographic gallery in Salt Lake City at the time at all. So he opened up a gallery and brought in all these great name photographers awesome people. It was great. One of them happened to be Ansel Adams. The great part about <laughs> having that gallery there, I was just a peon, so I just got to help out and I didn't make any decisions. But the another friend of mine who also became a, a great photographer and a photo instructor at a university in Illinois, we were in charge of the photographic prints that were sent there by Ansel Adams' gallery in Carmel. It was like awesome. There were like 50 prints and they were all matted. They weren't in frames. They were just matted. We put a piece of glass over them and then hung them up on the walls. But we had them in our hands. We got to look at them up close, hold them. Of course, we had white gloves on. You know, I want my little grubby fingerprints all over Ansel Adams' matte boards. So we were wearing gloves. But it was so amazing to be able to hold a print that Ansel Adams had put through the developer and process and made this gorgeous piece of artwork in black and white. All of it was black and white. There were no color at that time. I mean, it was color, but he shot color, but he didn't have color prints sent to us. Anyway, so this was a, a great and, and wonderful honor, even though I was still a get beyond. And so, so was my friend. But we were in charge of him. We took very good care of him. Ansel Adams came to Salt Lake City for a book signing at Sam Weller's bookstore, which was like the mega bookstore in Salt Lake City. I don't know how many years he'd been in business, but he had 
the largest book collection and bookstore in the state of Utah. It was an amazing thing. It ran for a lot of years. And when they finally sold it out, most of the books that they had, they were rare books because he'd been in business for so long. Anyway, back to the story. So he was having a book signing at Sam Willner's store. My friend and I from the studio both went over to the signing. I had my camera with me. I thought, I'm going to get some great shots of Ansel Adams. And he was sitting there. There was a chair next to him. And I, I'm gutsy and crazy. So I walk up there, sit down beside him. I said, hey, do you mind if I sit down beside you while you're signing some your books? And he goes, uh, no, go right ahead. And I said, well, you know what? My name is Al Talene. I've been a photographer about six years. And I'm debating whether I want to go to the different schools in California. One, the Art LA Art Institute and Brooks Art Institute. I said, so in your opinion, which one of these is the best? And he said, well, actually, neither one. They're both great schools. He said, don't get me wrong. They're both great schools. But what they do is they turn out what's called cookie cutter photographers. That means that they are taught the exact same thing every year year after year after year, the same instructors teach them the same thing. So everybody walks out of it with the exact same portfolio of the exact same models, the exact same studio setups, the exact same food setups. And it was just, so he said, it's all cookie cutter. And he said, and what happens to those poor guys is they end up going to, uh, uh, at the time, there was a huge chain called Kmart. And he said, they usually end up going to Kmart and working in their photo department, making friends. He says, because it's such a big demand, and they're pushing out so many of them. And he says, then that cost a bundle of money. And I says, well, what do you suggest then? And he goes, this is what I suggest. He said, take the money that you were going to spend on that tuition and moving to California and living in California, which is higher cost of living. And he said, so take that money and buy yourself really good equipment. Buy the best equipment that you can a 35 millimeter, a two and a quarter, and a four by five. And he said, buy lots of film. And he said, then go out and just shoot your heart out. He says, shoot to your heart's content, everything. He says, you've got to find a niche that you want to be in. And he says, go out there and shoot all that you can shoot. And he says, and eventually you'll find something that you really, really love. I mean, you love photography. And I said, yes, yes. And, I, and he said, well, then you'll find something that you really want to keep photographing for the rest of your life in photography if you do that. And he said, so that's my advice. Spend all that money on something really cool, and then you own it, and you're not paying somebody's salary and having the exact same photographs that somebody else had. You will have a portfolio of all these crazy things that you have photographed. And I went, oh, okay. This is, is really a great thing. He then said to me, okay, now, have you copied any of my photographs? And I went, you mean like put them under a copy stand and copy them? And he goes, no, 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 no. Have you tried to duplicate my work? And I said, well, yeah. And I said, he says, what did you try to photograph? And I said, well, I took the aspen trees and I made some pretty good ones. And he says, okay. He says, now what you want to do is you need to look and do more of those. And I said, copy more? And he said, yes, copy me, copy all the masters. Even the art masters and the painting masters, he said, because when you copy them, if you can get your work to look as good as theirs, you've accomplished something really good. I'm like, 
okay, well, that makes that makes good sense. Then he said, um, do you do other creative things? He says, uh, do you play an instrument? I said, no, I don't play an instrument. I leave the radio, but <laughs> he laughed. And I went, he says, no, no piano on it, because Ansel Adams played the piano. I said, no, but I do a lot of other creative things. And he says, okay, what I want you then to do is I want you to focus on those creative things and do them side by side with your photography. He said, because the more creative things that you do and the more you tie it in with your photography and that your mind is in a creative mode doing these things, he said, then you will do much better at your photography. So do as many creative things as you can because it will all reflect and it will all come back to you in your work. The picture that you're looking at that goes along with this podcast is a photograph of me sitting next to Ansel Adams. He was signing his books while he was chatting with me. And so what I did was I handed my camera, I had a, a Nikon, and I handed it to him and said, here, take some pictures of me while I'm sitting with Ansel Adams. I want some pictures of Ansel Adams and I sitting side by side. And I pretended to be this really long-lost friend of Ansel Adams and sat down and was really chummy. He was very, <laughs> actually very cordial to the stupidity of a young guy sitting there and bold enough to just walk up and sit down and start chit-chatting while he's doing <laughs> signing books. And he kept signing the books while we were talking. And uh, so that's how I have the pictures of me. We shot it on uh, Kodak Tri-X film. I was so excited that I had pictures of myself with Ansel Adams. I took his advice, and I did go out, and I bought myself a new Nikon. I bought myself a Hasselblad, and it was just a little while later, but I bought myself, it was a used one, but it was a good one, a 4x5 Linhoff camera from a good friend of mine who was saying, yeah, I don't want to do 4x5 anymore, so I'll sell you this whole setup with lens and everything for 300 bucks. I'm like, deal. So I had to come up with 300 bucks, but I bought it. And you know, that was in 1976. And he is still to this day trying to buy that camera back from me because it was in mint condition. It is beautiful. It is just such a classic, awesome camera. And I have used it many, 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 many years on all kinds of projects and all kinds of advertising shots and especially food for clients like Mrs. Fields and New Skin International. Those are huge, big corporations now. And uh, But I, I did a lot of the outdoor photography with it. I did architectural photography with it. So that camera in itself has been fabulous. And my Hasselblad still works to this day. I have beat it up, had it around. It is absolutely wonderful. I still love it. My Nikon, unfortunately, it's gone. Photographers, we, get, we gather up a lot of equipment. And I had that one sitting on my shelf in my house, and it was stolen. But I used that poor little Nikon to the nth degree. So I guess the moral of this is the fact that when you find someone who is that awesome and you have a chance to talk with them and, and you're a little bit backwards, and take the initiative and take the guts and go out and, and, and do similar to what I did. I mean, I used to teach my students 
that a photographer is 99% BS and 1% talent. Because no matter where you're going, you've got to say something, do something to get into it. And, you know, maybe the actual numbers are not really, really true, but it's pretty close because you really have to worm your way into a lot of things to get the coverage that you want to get. You have to worm your way into a lot of situations. I got so tired of not having the right credentials that I decided that I just went to a printer and to different guys that knew how to do things like that. And I had to make up my own credentials. So I had credentials for every situation that I wanted to go into. I did actually go to the Sheriff's Department and get real photojournalist credentials from them so I could cross police lines and it looked very authentic and nice. But the rest of them, I just went out and made them up so that I would have what I needed to get the photograph that I needed. So all three of those cameras that he suggested worked so well for me and really were the lifeblood of my whole career. So I did what he said, tons of film, tons of photographs. And I do, after 50 years of photographing and doing, I have about 8,000 rolls of film, 35, two and a quarter, and I don't know how many countless amounts of four by five, I still have my 4x5, I still shoot it, and I still shoot my Hasselblad, and I process and print in my own darkroom. Those are the great things that I think Ansel Adams would be proud today to know that the kind words that he gave to a crazy young photographer that I went this far with his advice and accomplished so many fun things and great shots in my own career. Well, I'm really glad that you have spent this time with me and listened to another one of my stories of crazy photography and uh, crazy doings that I have done in my life and an actual picture to, to back it up with. I always say that everybody says it. I'm not the only one who says it, but everybody says that a picture is worth a thousand words. But every picture really has about a thousand words attached to it if you just talk about it and use it. And so that's what I'm doing. I love being here and giving you these tips and <laughs> craziness from my past. Thanks again. Tune in and appreciate you listening. You have been listening to the Retro Photo Film Podcast. Follow Al on Instagram at Retro Photo Film to see all his latest photos and learn more about the stories behind the photos. Every picture really has about a thousand words attached to it 